Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. In this week's podcast, we're going to head to the state of Utah and visit the area of Park City, Utah, to learn about the Pendry Park City Resort. It's a gorgeous ski-in, ski-out resort that opened up in mid-February. Plus, a little bit later, we'll get some tips on how to get the most of all your travel miles and rewards points from rewards expert Ricky Zhang, founder of the website PrinceOfTravel.com. But to begin, we're going to chat with one of our weekly regulars to the radio portion of The Informed Traveler, and that is travel expert Onanta Forbes, who just got back from a trip to Maui. You can follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Onanta Forbes. OnettaForbes.com is her website. Hi, Onanta. Aloha. How are you, Randy? I'm fine. Thank you. Welcome back. Yes. Yeah, we just got back. It was a wonderful time in Maui, and um, can't wait to share all that I did. What were some of the highlights? Tell us. Well, if you're going to hold Maui or any of the outer islands, I will definitely recommend that you get a car, especially if you want to explore the island. It's easy to drive and navigate around, but book early to make sure you get one. And also, I just wanted to let you know that not that long ago, Hawaii lifted its mask mandate. And really, the only time we had to wear one was at the airport. And some of the activities during the week included going on a whale-watching trip in Lahaina. There's lots of whale-watching companies you can choose from. We went with Mackay Adventures. Only 20 guests per departure and had epic sightings. So we came across a mama and a baby humpback whale that were, you know, traveling cool. through the water. It was really cool. Yeah. And then the, the baby stayed with the mom for a year just to make sure that they know what they're doing. Hmm. And then they go, they go wild into the water. And then, uh, then we came across, this was super interesting. We came across these four males that were in competition for the interest of a female who was kind of <laughs> in front of them the whole time to be able to mate with her. And they were kind of brawling with each other, trying to wear the other down. So one by one, they would get tired and leave, and then the winner would get the lady, the lady <laughs> whale, which is kind of, which is like, that's the way nature works. And also, we were able to see a blue-nosed dolphin as well as a school of spinner dolphins. So... All amazing sightings because we really were at the tail end of the whale migration throughout the island. So all this was just like a bonus to see all the different sites. So um, definitely something that if you're interested in animals, um, whale watching is definitely something to do. And if you, you know, depending on how long that you spend in Lahaina, um, they have great stores. You can eat restaurants that overlook the ocean and they have stunning mountain scenery, you can actually continue on up to Kanapali. And this is a very popular place for families to stay, and it's known for its great beach. Another thing that we did, we went to the Maui Tropical Plantation. We took their trolley tour, which is a great way to see the variety of fruits, produce, and plants that grow on the island. And along the way, we, they um, entertained us with a coconut husking and opening demonstration. So very interesting, not very long, 45 minutes uh, to go around, but you get to see so many um, different vegetation and interest, um, sites of interest. And so also whenever I'm in Maui, I always like to go to Paia. 
It's a North Shore community. It's very artistic, has lots of galleries featuring local artists, has great restaurants, interesting shops. It's not an easy place uh, to park, but well worth a visit, definitely. It's also the starting point to travel the road to Hannah. And if you go this way, you'll be cruising through um, really fertile environments um, within Hawaii. And it's super abundant with flora and fauna. There's many ancient um, Hawaiian historical sites, waterfalls, and also the most draw-dropping views of the entire island. It's very winding um, a road, so those who suffer from motion sickness, beware, because <laughs> <laughs> it does get you. And also, we, um, from, if you don't go the road to ha- uh, Hana, we've also gone up to the upcountry, and this is where Flick, uh, Mick Fleetwood lives. Oh, I nice. didn't see him. Yeah, I didn't see him, but it was really, it's a nice little um, area with shops and restaurants, and it's just a nice place to wander. And, you know, coming home, we flew with Air Canada nonstop from um, Maui to Calgary. Uh, we came back after April 1, so we didn't need to get a proof of the negative COVID test. It's one less thing to worry about or have to plan for, and I hope that stays. It's, it's so, it makes your trip so seamless. Um, we did have to complete the arrive can, as you must do so to return to Canada. Mm-hmm. You will be asked to show the QR receipt, um, as well as your proof of being fully vaccinated when you check in at the airport. And then when we got to Calgary, we didn't get called upon for a random COVID test, so you could be, <laughs> but... We, we got home a half an hour early and um, left the airport in good time. Nice. Well, it sounds it like you packed great. a lot in. Did you have time to rest at all and sit oh, by yeah. a pool? Oh, definitely <laughs> pool beach days. And it was, uh, uh, yeah, Can, cannot go to uh, Maui without enjoying the water. Well, for sure. Well, uh, sounds like a fantastic experience. You can follow Onanta Forbes on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Onanta Forbes and find out all about her Hawaii adventures on her website, onantaforbes.com. Thanks, Onanta. Thanks. Have a good week. Well, I think it's always great when a new resort opens up, and such is the case for the newly opened Pendry Park City Resort in Park City, Utah. So joining us now to tell us more about Park City, Utah in general and the Pendry Park City is Dan Howard. He's the VP of Communications for the Park City Chamber of Commerce Convention and Visitors Bureau. Their website is visitparkcity.com. Hi, Dan. Hello. Nice to be with you, Randy. Yeah. Tell me about the area Park City. Um, I've never been. Where is it located and uh, what's it known for? Park City is one of the most accessible ski mountain areas in North America. And that's because we're 30 minutes from the Salt Lake City International Airport. And having 300 flights a day just 30 minutes away from our ski mountain is very special. And it actually makes it easy for people to fly in and take an airport shuttle up to Park City Mountain and not have a car for their entire stay. We have a free transit system here, and many of our hotels have shuttle service 
to our main street. We have a historic main street that dates to the town's founding in 1884. So it makes it very easy to have a ski getaway. And as well as in the summer season, we have 400 miles of trails that even people from Salt Lake City like to come up to the mountain and uh, spend the time up here. It, it's a beautiful summer destination. We're getting ready for summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rarely, rarely gets above 75 degrees, and we don't have really any humidity. So it's a beautiful place. A lot of Texans come up here. A lot of Floridians come up here. And then, of course, uh, our skiing is is what we're m- most known for, and we did host the uh, w- winter games in 2002, just like Calgary and Vancouver did. Mm-hmm. So we do have a lot in common with uh, with you as far as the ski season goes. As far as I know, the ski season is very good here. I'm assuming it was, it's been a good season for you as well. It's been a great season, but I think more than the snow quality, which is what we're really well known for, everyone is just so happy to be outdoors and uh, skiing is one of those industries that did really well, even through the national and international shutdowns. Uh, it was something that people felt that they would be comfortable continuing to do. So we had a really good season. People were anxious to stay outdoors. And um, and of course, skiers wear masks all the time. So it really wasn't an issue to ask people to put on uh, ski masks. Well, yeah, I used to say that uh, skiing is probably the best uh, socially distanced sport out there because, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're masked and you're staying usually away from each other. So it's uh, it's built for that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell, me, tell me about uh, the Pendry Park City now. Uh, I understand it just opened up and it's right on the mountain. Is that correct? That's right. So just to set set up a little bit of geography, um, Park City has a, a single main street. Uh, it was a silver mining town. So people came here to get close to the mountain for silver mining. And then once the silver mines closed, people were happy to be able to be close to the mountain for skiing. And so we have a lot of what we call true ski-in, ski-out lodging. And Park City is fortunate to have two ski resorts within the town. And one of them operates on the Epic Pass, and that's called Park City Mountain Resort. And the other one operates part of the Altera Mountain Group, and it operates on the Icon Pass, and that's called Deer Valley Resort. And Deer Valley happens to be a ski-only resort. So if you're a snowboarder, Park City Mountain is your option here. Mm -hmm. But if you're a skier, you could do Deer Valley or Park City Mountain. And this season, we were fortunate to have two new hotels open, one of them on Deer Valley Resort and one of them on Park City Mountain Resort. And Pendry, which you uh, had mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, had opened one month ago. And it is on Park City Mountains. Park City Mountain has two base villages. One is uh, adjacent to downtown Park City, and they even have, it's called Town Lift, where you've got a ski lift that takes you directly onto Main Street (laughs) from Park City Mountain. And that's on the Park City Village. And then there's Canyons Village, which is also part of Park City Mountain. And there's a gondola connecting those two sections. And Pendry Park City is a 152-room hotel located in Canyons Village, so one of the two base villages, for Park City Mountain. 
And Pendry is uh, Pendry is a sister uh, company of Montage International. Montage is a, is a uh, very luxurious resort company, um, and they happen to have a hotel called Montage Deer Valley that's on Deer Valley's side, and now they have Pendry Park City that's on Park City Mountain's side. Oh, okay. And it, and it is uh, directly adjacent to the mountain, so it's true ski in, ski out. And what I love about Pendry um, is that they have four different restaurants in that hotel, which is a lot for 152 rooms, mm-hmm. have four restaurants. And one of them is called Disco Pizza, very popular with kids. Uh, one of them is Kita, which is a Japanese steakhouse and sushi. Um, and uh, they have a rooftop, beautiful rooftop setting. There's no hotel in Park City that has a rooftop pool uh, until Pendry opened. And they'll be having uh, Mexican cuisine at that restaurant. And um, they... They have a beautiful setting uh, in Canyons Village, sort of making Canyons Village a very happening place. Uh, In late September, Canyons Village is the home of the Park City Wine Festival. And so a lot of people are going to definitely want to do bookings at Pendry to attend that wine festival. And Park City and, and that village also has a tremendous golf course. Uh, so great summertime activity there, and then of course it will convert back into its winter resort. And uh, we open Canyon Village at around Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, in the late November. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy that Pendry has joined the community. There's a Pendry in San Diego. There's a Pendry in Manhattan. There's a Pendry in Chicago. And now we have one here um, in Park City. And then on Deer Valley Resort, um, the property that opened in December of 2021, so just a few months ago, is called the Goldner Hirsch. And the Goldner Hirsch is an Austrian-style lodge. Uh, they just It was a 16-room inn for a long time. And if you go to Salzburg, Austria, there's a Goldner Hirsch there that it's uh, modeled after. But in December, they opened 40 brand new rooms, really stunning state-of-the-art rooms that are connected to the historic Austrian Inn, which also has a beautiful Austrian restaurant called the Goldner Hirsch Restaurant. And this is part of the Auberge Resort collection. And Auberge is another brand that is well-known in luxury circles around the world for being you know, boutique properties that have really refined restaurant on property uh, options. And people can dine at the restaurants, if, even if they're not a guest of the hotel. But if you are a guest, it, it makes it very lovely to have a restaurant like the Goldner Hirsch right in your, on your property. So that property is also true ski in, ski out uh, on Deer Valley Resort. So we were very lucky this year to have a new hotel on the Deer Valley side and a new hotel on the Park City Mountain side. And they're both beautiful brands, global brands that we now have in Park City. 
Well, yeah, and I'm looking uh, on your website because there's links. It's uh, visitparkcity.com. There's links under the, uh, you know, places to stay uh, to both of these uh, resorts. They do look very fabulous, very beautiful. And there's the the cool thing about it is, uh, you know, what you have little sections on here, what you like about it and what you need to know so people can really get a feel for uh, some of the lodging options uh, in Park City, can't they? That's right, and, and, and Park City is very small, and that's what I want to emphasize, that, you know, sometimes when you read, oh, it's over in Deer Valley Resort, you know, oh, that is that far? That's five <laughs> minutes from Main Street. And so, uh, and Canyons Village is, is connected to <clears throat> Main Street, either by using the gondola and the town lift or shuttles. And everyone likes to come to historic Main Street. That's where our... Uh, Standalone restaurants are located, all of our retail. We have something here called an anti-chain ordinance, and it limits the ability for large companies to kind of take over a main street so that it retains its historic and boutique and uh, family-run personality. Uh, You know, where you have a bookstore where there's a Mm. resident cat that comes over and joins you as you're (laughs) perusing your books, or, or, you know, an ice cream company that's you know, local and coffee is a big thing here. And we have a lot of beautiful coffee places. Nice. Well, it's funny that we are talking about uh, ski lodges, skiing and ski outs uh, towards the end of ski season, but that uh, doesn't mean you can't visit in the summer. Like you say, there's a lot of outdoor summer activities, right? Yeah. One of my favorites is our fly fishing scene. We have three beautiful blue ribbon fly fishing rivers within 30 minutes of, of historic Main Street Park City. And we have a lot of outfitters. They'll get you your waders. They'll actually do all of your flies for you <laughs> and, and wade you right out into the rivers. And, and there's no better way for me to spend the summer than, than casting and sitting in the middle of those rivers. Uh, we could go on, but uh, time is our enemy, Dan, so we might have just have to get you back on and do a follow-up. But uh, Dan Howard is the VP of the Park City, Utah Chamber of Commerce Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, you can find out more information on the Pendry Park City, the new uh, resort that just opened up, and other accommodations, too, on their website, visitparkcity.com. It was uh, great chatting with you, Dan. appreciate it. Wonderful being with you. Thanks so much. I think it's pretty safe to assume that most of us collect some sort of travel rewards points or travel miles. But if you're like me, you never seem to have enough to go anywhere you'd really like to go to. So we're going to get some tips and pointers on how to use your travel rewards better. So joining us now to help us out is Ricky Zhang. He is the founder of the website PrinceOfTravel.com. And there's a lot of great info on there, including a blog titled The Newbie's Guide to miles and points. And Ricky joins us now. Hi, Ricky. Hey, Randy. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, tell me how you got into this and uh, and how long you've been doing it. Sure. Well, I started Prince of Travel about five years ago now. And back then, I, I was figuring out the arts of traveling the world on points on my own, figuring out how to maximize credit card points, loyalty programs, frequent flyer miles, and kind of make some of my travel goals and some of my dream trips come true. I was figuring this out on my own back at the time, and I realized that there weren't a lot of good resources out there for Canadians to do the same. And so, yeah, five years ago, we founded Prince of Travel, started 
putting out some content about how to maximize your points, strategies, tips, all the all the best advice out there. And it's been a, it's been a while. And now we've got we've built up quite a bit of readership, and we have um, a YouTube presence, social media as well, and trying to help Canadians make the most out of their rewards points and travel the world in a way they've only always dreamed of. Well, you have a great uh, guide on your website. It's princeoftravel.com. There's lots of information on there, lots of tips and point and, uh, and information on there. But Newbie's Guide to Miles and Points. Uh, I'm going to consider myself a newbie. I, do people collect too many points, like too, too many different points? Like I have Aeroplan and I have uh, Air Miles, and that's about it. But in general, do people, like, it's hard to keep track some tra- sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'd say that the kind of the problem we're trying to help people with is almost everybody collects points in their daily lives with their daily purchases, but almost nobody knows what to do with them or truly knows how to maximize their points and use them for the best value. And so that's where we come in with, yeah, a lot of information, as you've noticed. And I would say very much that the newbies guide on our website is the best place for newcomers to start and kind of understand the two sides of the game, earning points, how to do so optimally. And then once you've earned them, how to actually redeem them optimally for the trips and the travel experiences that you actually want to go on. Well, it seems to be, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I speak for a lot of people. I never have enough points to go anywhere. <laughs> Is that a problem that a lot of people say, well, there's not, I, like, I collect points, but I just never have enough. And it seems like I got to collect like hundreds of thousands to, uh, to actually uh, go anywhere. Yeah, so I think there's there's two sides to that. I think a lot of people collect points not knowing what are the best types of points to collect. And so different points currencies are created differently, right? Some of them will allow you to travel, you know, as soon as you have about, uh, let's call it, let's call it that six-figure amount, right? Let's call it like 100,000 points. That can get you uh, a business class ticket if it's Aeroplan points. But if it's 100,000, let's say, you know, CIBC points or TD points, then it might only be enough for a short economy class flight, just to take a simplified example. Mm-hmm. So you, you you do have to like start from the idea of what's the type of trip you want to go on, what's the type of travel experience you want, what type of points program is best optimized towards that. And I'd say for most Canadians that you want to be putting a lot of your attention uh, on Aeroplan versus some of the other programs out there, given the higher value that Aeroplan can deliver if you do put in some of the energy into kind of learning how the program works. The other side to that is if you never have enough points, then it's kind of about, you know, thinking of the best ways to earn points. Mm -hmm. So you really do have to be maximizing the points earned on every dollar you spend. And then the, 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 the major banks out there all have welcome bonuses, right? So that's kind of the way to accelerate your points earnings. If you do want to start taking those dream trips as soon as possible, let's say you have maybe a trip planned, Uh, that you've imagined for 2022, 2023, just as we're starting to travel again. If you want to do that trip in style and you need points to make it happen, the best way to earn points quickly is very much through getting a few credit cards in a short span of time and earning those welcome bonuses at the start. Well, and I'm sure there's naysayers are saying, whoa, I don't want to be applying for all these credit cards and and racking up debt and all those things. What would you say to people saying that to you? Because I'm sure people have said that. Yeah, very much so. Um, and, and the idea is never to, to go into debt, right? It's to very much do so responsibly and to manage your credit cards responsibly. And that's what we always say. We say it at the start of the newbie's guide, right? It's very much you need to have 
uh, a good sense of your, your your financials and be able to manage your spending if you want to use your credit cards responsibly. You can't be tempted into overspending. You can't be tempted into carrying balances. You have to pay off all your credit card balances in full and on time every month. Basically treat it as you would do spending on a debit card, but using your credit card to earn rewards instead. Mm. So you have to you know, play it smart and come out ahead that way rather than letting the banks win, which is kind of what the banks are hoping for. And that's where the information that we present uh, comes in to help, help Canadians along the process. Okay, so in general, give me uh, that, that's one way to, to earn points really quickly. But is, is there a way to uh, like amalgamate, like uh, getting back to my, my first point, like if you have so many different points uh, out there, is there a way to amalgamate into one, let's say, aeroplan or air miles or whatever works for you? There's, there's, there's a series of uh, ecosystems out there of points that can kind of transfer to each other. So what, what you're talking about here, I think one of the best examples is I mentioned Aeroplan points are very valuable for Canadians in terms of the value they can offer. However, you don't have to just collect Aeroplan points. You can also sign up for American Express credit cards and you can transfer American Express points one-to-one to Aeroplan and thereby pull your balances, amalgamate, like you said, in the Aeroplan program. So you can actually, you know, American Express issues their own cards and then TD, CIBC, and American Express all issue Aeroplan cards. And through all these credit cards out there, there's in fact like more than a dozen options on the market that you can kind of pick and choose from. All the points you earn there can in fact be pulled into the same Aeroplan account. Actually, Aeroplan these days also has a family sharing. So among your family members who are collecting points, they can all be pulled into the same account to fund a single flight redemption in the future. Is, is it a good idea to buy points? I know Airplan uh, came out with uh, just a recent program where I could buy points. If I, I suppose if I'm close and I just need maybe a couple hundred or maybe a thousand points, that's a good idea? Yeah, I'd say that buying points is only a good idea in the situation you've described, where you're somewhat close to a threshold that you need to make uh, a redemption, like redeem points, uh, which is a which may have been a goal of yours to start. Like if you're close to that, then buying points to make up the difference is probably the quickest and most efficient way to to actually get to that you know flight redemption and make your make your trip come true. Now, if you were to if you were to say buy the entirety of the amount of points, then that would be very expensive. And certainly, to take an example, if you were to buy the points required for a business class flight, right, mm-hmm. that could still be cheaper than paying outright for a business class flight, which would be four thousand five thousand dollars. However, if you're not the type of person who would normally buy a business class flight, then you're still arguably overspending if you were to buy points to do that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of buying points, the better way to do so would be uh, to, to kind of go at the slow and steady way with, uh, with the welcome bonuses that we mentioned and uh, earning points on your regular purchases and referring your friends and things like that. That'll allow you to earn the points you need without having to spend too much money out of pocket. And I guess I should clarify, when I meant uh, buying points, uh, an aeroplane came up with a bonus point. So if I buy X amount, I get 50% more. If I buy, like, the more I buy, the more bonus points I get. But it's the same kind of principle, right? Yeah, it's very much a, a marketing tactic on, on their behalf, right, to try to get people to give them cash in exchange for points, which they may or may not use in the future, right? They're trying to create this uh, sense of, uh, like, promotional urgency around it. So I'd say treat buying points as... Uh, a last resort, right? In case you need that last top up, mm-hmm. or in case you've 
earned a bunch of welcome bonuses, earned a bunch of points, and yeah, you just need that last boost to get to your threshold. Otherwise, uh, there's uh, there's cheaper methods basically of earning points that'll be easier on your wallet and let you basically change um, transform your regular spending on things you would have bought day to day into dream trips that you can take in the future. What about hotels? Same principle. Uh, you can earn points. A lot of like uh, booking sites like Hotels.com, they, they have if you book 10, you get one free type thing. Does that work the same way? It's largely the same principle, although I'd say that in terms of the upside, right, in terms of the value that you can get out of the hotel loyalty programs, that's been weaker in recent years compared to airlines. So for people who are just starting out, I recommend focusing on the airline side because there's higher upside to uh, to earning points there these days with uh, with hotels you know with hotel prices being the way they are and hotel loyalty programs kind of recognizing that people are going to be starting to travel on mass once again they've kind of squeezed a lot of value out of the program although these things tend to be cyclical so it may be a few years until this uh, gets better again but for now for Canadians there's basically a couple of options uh, Marriott hotels the world's largest hotel chain has a major Canadian presence with a Canadian co-branded credit card with American Express. So that's one option to kind of collect Marriott points and redeem there. And uh, you can also, you know, the more you stay with Marriott organically, the more points you earn from your travels too, that you can then fund towards a future stay. If you're not particularly loyal to a chain, then what you've described there with the Hotels.com program is probably one of the simplest ways to get a little bit extra value, right? Mm -hmm. With Hotels.com, you've got uh, stay 10 nights, get one night back, uh, get one night free, and it's the average value of the 10 nights you've stayed. Mm-hmm. So you think of it as essentially a 10% discount on your hotel stays, which is uh, which is a pretty good discount to get, especially these days with prices the way they are. It's the Newbie's Guide to Miles and Points. You can find it on the PrinceofTravel.com website. Uh, lots of info there if you're uh, racking up those points. Ricky Zhang is the Prince of Travel. Again, his website is PrinceofTravel.com. Uh, lots of info, Ricky. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Thanks for having me. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.